What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today I am joined by Jack to... Well, my, uh, your musings. You're bringing your musings mm-hmm. to... And I'm going to say the pun, because it's going to be quite late in January, but we are doing January um, a little yeah. bit. Um, we're at least going to get one in. Uh, for January. Uh, we're going to be doing a bit of a Jackie Chan retrospective and we're going to be covering what I would consider to be, what's considered to be the original police story saga before it becomes new police story and, mm. and things in the 20th and 21st century. Um, so we are starting today. We're going to do it different now though because before I used to try and cram a couple of films in an episode but we don't want to let them breathe. We want to talk about these things. So we're going to do one film an episode and these are going to be interspersed amongst other things. So this is the Jackie Chan Police Story Retrospective, starting with Police Story. But first and foremost, Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's Pleasure always, to everyone. Yeah, it's great to have I'm always have a good time with you, so I'm pleased to be back. And when you first posted about, you know, anybody up for doing any of these, it just perfectly coincided with the fact that I was on my own little Jackie Chan January mm. investigation and exploration anyway. So, it, you know, stars aligned here, I think. Yeah, no, it does. It, yeah, it, it's it's meant to be. Mm. Um, if you've been doing your own uh, January, what what sort of areas of Ch- uh, Jackie Chan's filmography have you been covering then to date? Yeah, so it was a couple of years ago now, more than that probably, there was a feature in an old Empire magazine and it was Edgar Wright and it was Gareth Evans talking about their favourite Jackie Chan movies. Mm. And I took a mental note of like, oh, okay, they're the ones, two guys I would hold in high regard who has made really well choreographed, directed modern action yeah, yeah. So I made a note of the films they mentioned, and, you know, a few of them I'd already seen, but quite a lot of them I hadn't, actually. It was kind of a mid-'80s era of Jackie Chan, which I hadn't gone back and, and gone into lots of detail on. So I've just gone back, and the way my brain works, I have to start at the start and work my way mm. through. So I've watched Project A, Wheels mm. on Meals, Police Story, Armour of God, and Project A Part Two. So far, yeah, yeah, some good films in there. There are, and um, yeah, I don't know how much will you want me to say as we go about the other ones I've watched, but we can touch on them because they were because especially the Project A, um, mm. and Armor of God is uh, they're interesting ones, um, especially when we get to the stunts, um, yes, because I mean, that's the big attractor of these things, and um, Project A. It is Project A Part One, isn't it? When he goes, he, he comes off the top of the building and goes That's through right. all the. He's hanging off the clock in like the. But uh, it was Keaton kind of. Yeah, way. I think it's somebody. Is it Harold Lloyd? I think is one yeah. of the famous clock hang. But yeah, exactly like the Buster Keaton type stuff. Yeah, that's Project A. You're right. Yeah. And he la- like, literally on the film, like he lands on his head, and you sort of watch it. And it's it's <laughs> he does. it is brutal. Um, but it's interesting. There is a connection. It's obviously um. When he was making those, he was making films all over the place, wasn't he? And obviously, started directing. He directs Police Story, mm. um, and it's like it's never one to be sort of you know, we're never one to sort of stop Jackie Chan. Um, 
having made those films, there's some incredible work in all those films. Uh, is it in Armour of God? There's the the motorbike. Was it in two? I can't remember. There's a, there's, a, there's a recall chase in them and stuff like that. Where he's like, you know, he's like, right, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, this one's like so heavy on glass and ends with yeah. one of the craziest <laughs> sort of uh, shopping <laughs> stunt like spectaculars. Every time I watch this film, I'm just like, it, it just it, it's wince inducing like mm. throughout. And so I'm always so so impressed with him and his stunt team. Um, but yeah, well, we'll jump in. We'll jump in. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, um, we'll, uh, I'll try to give a bit of a brief go through the plot's almost irrelevant to, to an extent. I agree. I think it is. And I, and that's why, you know, I know we're doing police story here, but I know it's a celebrated movie of his. And I think as you've touched upon stunts and fight choreography, I can understand why story wise, Mm. Not so much. I think there's other films from this era where the stories are much stronger. Well, this is where I think it's one of the things I'll be interested to sort of talk about is this um, Hong Kong cinema versus Western mm. actioners and that sort of thing uh, and where they put their emphasis. Um, I mean, the story of this is, um, and again, it depends on which dub or which subtitle version are you, but he's, he's, he's basically called Jackie. Yeah. Not not one to uh, push the boat out on uh, on names, uh, but a police officer named Jackie, um, during a stakeout for a major drug dealer, um, basically sort of escalates the situation, which results in a massive, sort of, well, a massive big bust, well, a bit a massive chase through a thing. Mm. Basically, this film starts with the end of Bad Boys Two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then goes from there, and then it includes the bus chase, which is amazing. Um, but at the end of all this, um. Because it's been such a fiasco, uh, Jackie put gets put in charge of looking after a key witness that they have to sort of fool into believing that, that you know the police are on her side, so that she will testify against the drug lord uh, through shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, she then escapes, but also Jackie gets put in the spotlight, and so the drug lord comes after him through a whole number of things, culminating a, in a series of fights, um, a corrupt police officer coming after him, and eventually a big showdown in a shopping centre. That's about all you need to know, really. Yeah, um, I mean, and there's fair. and he has a girlfriend that sort of I don't know what their relationship is, but basically she's there, she's there to throw cake in his face and 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 stunts. And I guess yeah, it's sort of it's not the sort of relationship you'd get in a film nowadays. Let's be honest. It's yeah, pretty, it's it's pretty abusive at times. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things that I watching it this time, and you know, I, I don't really know enough about. Jackie Chan's politics or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, this is the eighties. And so this is a, is a different film sort of thing, but there's, a, there are jokes in this film that I was like, yeah. I'm not so sure this works anymore. Like the way that he treats his girlfriend, but also I think the one you're nodding at is obviously there's the, the well, there's a whole scene of him mixing up telephones and answering mm-hmm. phones. And there's a woman reporting a rape. Yeah. And he literally, she said, he says, when were you raped? She says, a year ago. And he says, and you're reporting it now? Like he, re- yeah. he literally sort of has a go at her. It's tried to do for comedy, but like you're watching it now. I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that has not aged well. <laughs> no, that has not. And I'm pretty sure, you know, obviously times have changed. and yeah, we, we can all be sensitive of that. And obviously when Tony and I do season's greetings, we always talk about how times have changed and it's fair to yeah. reflect that. I'm not sure that joke would have been funny in 1984. Either, no, if I'm no. <laughs> so true. It is. It's very sort of, it, and it comes a little bit out of left field because a lot of the, this, this film's um, uh, 
Um, I don't know if it's like a 12 or a 15. It's sort of like, you know, but apart from the stunts and the action, it's, it's, this almost feels like a kid's film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in many ways. I mean, the stunts are incredible, you know, that we'll go, mm. we'll get to all those, but like, there's very little swearing. There's no, you know, there's no sort of, um, there's some innuendo, but no, nothing sexy. Like it's, it's not really offensive. And then all of a sudden this joke comes out of nowhere and you mm. might just say, Oh, well, that's a, an odd choice. A choice was made there. Let's say. Yeah, no, I agree. The t- the tone is, it is tricky to place, isn't it? I watched project A with my eldest. He's 11 and he absolutely loved it. He's seen some of the modern Jackie Chan's. He really likes the one when, uh, what is like a, like, I think it's the spy next door. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. there's my spy, which is the Dave Batista kind of same version. That is, yeah. It? So he really likes the spy next door, and I said to him, "I'm watching some Jack and Chance in January. Do you want to try one out?" So we watched Project A together, and he, yeah, obviously it's really dated, but he just did the, the way that action is played out and the way that he choreographs. It's like mm. a dance, isn't it? It's, it's mm. wonderful, and he really enjoyed it. He says, "Oh, can we watch some more, Dad? Like when you're watching some more, can we do that together?" So I've got a couple earmarked to watch with him. I don't think I'd watch Police Story with him yet. Because there are just some parts in it where I feel like I'm going to have to explain this. Yeah. I'm not really ready to explain why a joke about rape isn't funny. Yeah. Um, which is weird. When you, I agree with you. The rest of the movie is playful and silly, but even the relationship stuff, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, the scene when they're in the apartment together and he's getting caked in the face, which is, you know, proper crapful mm. slapstick stuff. But then you've got, I can't remember the name of the, um, of the, May is his, Girlfriend, girlfriend. yeah, and you've got the name of the witness who he's looking after, and the way she like plays May and Jackie off against one another, and they're talking about their relationship, and the way he's talking in the bathroom when he's showering about May is all a bit too grown up at the moment as well. So, totally, there's there's some issues here, I think. Yeah, Selena is the, the Selena, witness. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like some of the sort of like relationship politics, and all, but also just like you said, just the way he treats her, like mm. you know. Um, when she tries to leave on her moped later on, and he literally just grabs her off the back of it and, and lifts the back wheel up, and you're just sort of like, yeah. "Dude, like some of this is, you know, no, no means no, like leave her alone, leave." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I agree, some of that sort of doesn't play, um, mm-hmm. and also like it's it's an odd choice for the in the film in itself, like it doesn't need to be there, and um, the character of May doesn't need to be there. I think if I remember rightly, she plays a bigger part in two, so she sort of feels a bit more sort of like a part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, like, yeah, it's sort of like, oh, he needs a love interest because there's, it's almost like we've thought of these jokes. Jackie Chan needs to have cake put in his face, so we have yeah. to introduce this idea. So we're going to have like give him a girlfriend and have all the confusion of, you know, he's now come home with Selena in her underwear because they've been chased and all this other stuff. So it, it feels very slapstick, as you say, but mm. again, it, it doesn't always play well. Um, I know the way they worked then was different, wasn't it? I know, like, mm. actually, it's kind of the McEwen cruise model for the Mission Impossibles that they do now, which is they come up with the stunts, don't they? They come up with the action scenes and they kind of go, right, I know I want to do all this glass work. I want to do a slide down a pole on the mall. All right, I know I want to do the drive down through the slums and uh, hanging off a bus. Now, what's the movie? And yeah, I'm pretty sure that is how McHugh and, and Cruz do missions, don't they? Cruz says, I want to do drive a motorbike off a mountain. How can we get that? How can we get yeah, how's that going to work in the film? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So and I can see and Chan, why Chan does these... it day to day as well. Like, apparently, like, okay. during what he's directing, like, he would literally sort of find things on the set and be like, right, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I'm going to try and I'm going to incorporate this step ladder, or you know, this other stuff. So I think he got more like that as it went on. But mm. yeah, you can sort of tell in some places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think most the thing is I think most set pieces in this film are quite well integrated. You know, they've sort of built this loose plot around trying to sort of bring down this drug dealer. Um. But they all kind of work. I mean, there's some, oh, yeah. there's some silliness, but I think they generally work. I mean, uh, and there I, are moments they where you can tell they've they've made a decision. At, you know, so the corrupt cop, mm. we find out much later on, is corrupt, and he then gets shot. Doesn't need to frame Jackie. Chan. Yeah, but, yeah. But actually, in the first opening action scene, he leaves his post. Yes. And at that moment, it just seems like he's made a mistake, and it's it's. But of course, then when you reflect. He leaves on purpose. He's the one that was yeah, let them past. Yeah. So actually, there is conscious thought that makes mm. sense in a narrative storytelling. So yeah, some of it works, and some of it feels a bit slapdash and thrown together. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's a bit fifty-fifty, isn't it? Like when you mm. say, because um, there's also like character relationships in it that 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 I like, because um, he has his um, like his boss, his direct mm. superior, and then the like chief inspector um and and they return as far as i remember they return a couple of them like they work really well like i mm-hmm. like them and there's that there's that relationship um you know those characters so there's sort of fun bits and characters and some dynam- dynamics that work and then like i said there's other moments where i'm a little bit head scratchy about um yeah, just just you just go. There's better ways of doing this. Like this feels a little bit on the fly, but it's fine because it sort of works out in the end. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the beginning though, because I want to go through some of the stuff at the beginning. Mm. Um, so the film starts with the there's there's this operation this that they're going to uh, basically sort of like a, uh, what do they call it like a strike uh, on this this drug dealer. Mm-hmm. is going to be doing a, doing a transaction, and so they're going to sort of bust him in the middle of the thing, and so they've got this big operation. It's all in this like shanty town like this odd <laughs> Tokyo, it's hong kong shanty town um on the side of a hill um and so the always police are in there under, undercover but the, the, one of the police gets spotted with a with the radio and so they get sort of the cover is blown and so they have to sort of basically just go in and it escalates from there um what are your thoughts and what do you think of this sort of opening scene all the way up to the cars chasing through mm. the thing I think it's almost like it's from a different movie. Yeah. I think it I think it's brilliant. I think it's I think it's a little mini movie in itself. And you're absolutely right. Like it's the end of Bad Boys. It's also like Fast Five clearly has taken inspiration from this as well. Yeah. I mean I mean we could sit here this thing all day all day could mean the amount of movies that have taken inspiration from Jackie Chan. But this almost feels kind of gritty in seventies. Mm. In this depiction of kind of the police versus the, you know, the drug lord and the crime syndicate and you almost sort of feel like if this was a, a Hollywood Western movie, it'd be, you know, like Gene Hackman, French Connection, or Clint Eastwood, uh, you know, in Battle Dirty Harry or, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's how it's all played, because there's a couple of really interesting moments where one of the characters, I think his name, I wrote, no, I wrote it down because I wanted to remember, I think it was Tack. He's like freaking out when all the gunshots are going off and he can't cope with mm. with what's happening in the moment. He's, you know, clearly going to be psychologically affected by this. It's interesting because it... Just recently, I did to Live and Die in L.A. with Dan on um, Spider-Dan and the Secret Boys, the freaking mm. movie. And it has a, a infamous moment in that when one of the main cops freaks out in the back of a car during a car chase. And it's lauded because it's supposed to be, you know, 
a realistic depiction actually of what happens sometimes. Under pressure. Can't yeah, yeah. Help. And I think this does exactly the same thing. So, yeah, I think it's a really well played scene because there is some genuine tension. There's, you know, genuine, um, like like fear for for the characters, not for Jackie, of course, because we know we've got to see him in the rest mm -hmm. of the movie. But for lots of people around it, it feels dangerous. Yes, and as you said, it then culminates in a car chase, literally through people's homes, through these yeah. slum homes or shanty shops or what. Yeah, it is confusing what it's meant to be, but it works as a as a stunt. And mm. when they when Jackie cuts back, I think it's really well directed as well. He has a couple of like aerial shots or a couple of like far back crane shots and you see the whole thing and the cars like coming through yeah just demolishing everything in its path it's it's real and it's tangible oh, and it feels, yeah yeah it feels dangerous and exciting it's brilliant that's the one thing i'll say about these early jacket well all jackie chan films but you feel it more so in this is uh, you get bruised watching it <laughs> yeah um and you know you feel this film but I totally agree with what you're saying about the 70s film. Even the actual sort of like drugs transaction, mm. the way it's lit, you know, it's sort of it's low light. They've got that sort of like, you know, they're lit from a sort of table. You've got a guy sort of like knife in the, the heroin, takes it out, mm. you know, smudges it, a little bit of a smell and gives the nod. Like there's all this stuff that like you say that could be French Connection, like a cop, like a, a 70s cop thriller. Mm-hmm. And so you've got you've got this sort of that's the start of the film that's the tone that's being set, um, and it yeah like it culminates in these big shootout. There are people running. They're like you know they've even said like you know they've got to save the people. So there's a mm. whole bit where they're trying to get them to evacuate, and then they're running from building to building. There are people sort of the stunts in this opening bit again because it's the Jackie Chan stunt company. So they're all his sort of his his people that he's worked with repeatedly. But people like coming off roofs, going through windows, like there's all kinds of stuff going on. And as you say, like the the, the main drug dealer then makes an escape and he's plowing through and Jackie jumps into his his Toyota or whatever it is, red red the red Toyota thing. And then just then you say there's like up close, you know, um far away shots, all this stuff going on of watching this this thing. They've got coverage on this thing yeah, yeah. from as much many places as possible. Like, you know, they're not wasting um this one stunt. But it's clear that it's also clear it's not. If you watch the end of the watch mm. the credits, uh, and I highly recommend watching through at least the first part of the credits because you see all the sort of outtakes of the the stunts. You see cars flipping. You <laughs> see them like you know not quite making it through a building. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So it's it's you know the editing on this is is really good as well. I think this mm. opening section. But yeah, it's brutal. Like it's really brutal. Like I would this could be like you know oh it's a you know, Martin Riggs could be stepping out of that mm. car at, on the street at the end, you know, and it's not, it's Jackie Chan. And you see, okay, it's cool. This is, this is, this is feels influenced by those, like, you know, oh, Jackie Chan is trying to step up to Stallone and Schwarzenegger kind of thing. Yeah. I think Stallone's a really interesting touch point. And I know you want to do that as a later section, but yeah. I think, yeah, Stallone is a real interesting comparison for that, for this era, for him with, with First Blood coming out. Cobra. Cobra, absolutely, yeah, yeah, they were both in my mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you do get that, and, it, and then it obviously it moves on to the bus chase, which will you know mm -hmm. I want to touch on because that's where even during that first bit, like it's kind of close quarters because it's all within the confines of the shanty town, and so you haven't really seen Jackie do an overly sort of amount. He's done bits and pieces, but nothing too much. And then it, but then it, straight away, 
having seen this kind of gritty opening, it jumps to he steals an umbrella from mm-hmm. uh, a pedestrian, this woman, um, and then chases down a bus because they're trying to escape in a double decker bus. And it kind of just the tone instantly shifts yeah, to, oh, now we're in a Jackie Chan film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got him being dragged along. You know, and then he sort of climbs up and he climbs up onto into the windows and so on and so forth. I mean, it's seriously impressive. Mm. But what are your thoughts on that whole, you know, that shift? What, how do you feel about that shift in tone? I think you're absolutely right. And there's another scene later on, which I don't know if you have plans to touch on, but I'll just mention here. So if when we get there, we remember when he's trying to escape with Selena and the the gang all comes in and how that oh in that the car fight, yeah how that yeah. fight starts. I'm just going to leave that there. And if we get there later, if we remember. I think, um, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right because the, it is like a switcher strain because we want to see Jackie Chan do this stuff. Yes. And as you said, it is it is really dangerous. It is really scary. There is injuries, um, risk of life in all these stunts that they're doing, but it can't help but have that kind of, that kind of silent era clownish feel because that's what we, we get from him. So yeah. there's something about even about the way he runs actually. As he's trying to catch up to the bus, and his hair's going everywhere, and it's you can't help but be a bit amused by it. And yeah. you're right, that doesn't quite match what's going on everywhere else, which I guess you just accept because that's why you're watching a Jackie Chan movie. But it's another example of, of this film at times being a little bit at odds with itself. Yeah. It's true, and I, I always wonder. You know, I've got, I've no, I haven't read it, but I've got. I am Jackie Chan. You know, the the mm. biography. I need to read it because I do feel like it, 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 we'll, we'll keep coming back to this point, and again, we will we'll reference that scene you you mentioned the the sort of in the car and stuff. Because you're right, I, I'd, I, I'd, at odds with itself is a really good way of putting it. Because there, you know, we talk about this, and I think it's funny because we've. I know we've had conversations, not just you and I, but I know others have said it as well. Like. Um, with like Marvel movies, especially with sort of like Taito Watiki and stuff like you know, you'll, you'll undercut a dramatic moment with a mm. joke, and it sort of you know, it kind of sort of sometimes to the detriment of the story or to the detriment of the movie. I kind of feel that with this, where like the plot itself and stuff, this whole thing about you know, right, we're gonna take down the drug kingpin and all these other things. Like it could be straight down the line, like you know, you'll you, similar story to even like say Lethal Weapon One or. Mm-hmm. Something like that, um, but like, yeah, there's almost like it, it can't help mm. but be Looney Tunes, you know. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, right, we're going to make this really sort of straight edged, proper, hard hitting action film, um, uh, but I'm also going to do a scene where I fight an unconscious guy, and you go, right, how does <laughs> how does that work? Why is that in here? You go, okay, um, so yeah, it's, it's you know, Jackie is Jackie Chan's clearly a clown, I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I know he got raised in like the the Hong Kong or the Chinese sort of circus, wasn't it? The opera and all that kind of thing. So it's you in his blood. Help. You yeah, can't help sure. it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's you have to sort of go in for the spectacle, don't you? Really, like this. That's the thing with these. And the bus is a really good example, because um, it is authentic. One of the things I think that I you have to remind yourself is this is eighty five. You know, there is no CGI. There's no, no there, you know, there are no um, support cables or yeah. green screen backgrounds that have been CGI'd out. Like the moment that double decker bus flies around the corner and Jackie Chan's hanging off an umbrella, 
on the side and he's up at like 45 degrees. <laughs> Jackie Chan's hanging onto an umbrella at 45 degrees on the side of a bus. Yeah. Um, and so I think my my attention, at least, and my sort of a, uh, entertainment is is held by that knowledge and I'm mm. watching it and sort of, it's the spectacle. So he climbs on the bus, they have all the fight, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and it so, ends yeah. in a brilliant way as well, doesn't it? With um, oh, because he get he eventually. I mean, they try as hard as they can, and they eventually knock him off the side of the bus, don't they? Yeah. And I love this in movies when characters are like, "Oh, I'll take this shortcut." In fact, <laughs> it happens a lethal weapon as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it when does. Riggs <laughs> runs to the other side of the motorway as fast as yeah. the car can. So Jackie Chan runs as fast as a speeding bus and gets in front of it, doesn't he? And again, you see it in the credits, don't you? How in one of the takes the bus gets too close and he has to jump out the way. Yeah. But even in the actual movie version, when it's... he stops the bus and three of his stunt crew all fall out the windows. It, I mean, they were not walking away from that stunt, all those three guys either. They're absolute nutters, this lot. They, they show it in, like, because you get to see it in slow motion again. They, they, they always make sure they've got loads of coverage mm-hmm. of these things. Because at least they do that. They're not like, right, dust it off, guys. Another take, we'll do it again. Like They know that they've got one and done. But the way they hit that tarmac, because it's not, again, not a stunt yeah. road that is literally done on tarmac. Yeah, yeah, there's no pads there. There's no, like, <laughs> springy board or, yeah. It, yeah, you're right. A couple of those were just sort of like, you know, they're like, okay, get the stretcher, yeah. get them out, get them patched up, because it is it is brutal. Um, but it all works. Like, it works really, really well. Um and so, yeah, I, I'm really sort of, I'm into this film from the beginning. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really sort of, like, oh my God, this whole thing is, you know. This is about 15 minutes, isn't it, I think? Yeah, that's the, the thing. Like, yeah, it re- I mean, it's a hard-hitting first act that really gets it all going. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing's been a chase about this drug dealer. They've got the witness. And then Jackie sort of gets reprimanded for letting it get out of control. And so he has to babysit the the new witness. And this is where the sort of the tone sort of shifts again mm. into like true comedy. Like you know, it's pure yeah. comedy at this point. Like it goes fully kind of into pantomime like, even. Yes. That's a yeah, yeah, that's a good description. Um and I'm kind of confused by this bit. And I to, I've watched it because I watched it a couple of times. And I want to ask the question. So he gets the witness, he has to go to her home, and she's sort of like, huh, keeps shuts the curtains on him, closes the door, like she doesn't want his protection or anything. And then she's attacked by a guy from inside her wardrobe wearing a mask, <laughs> and he's got a knife. And it's a very sort of, it, I, I have to say, because obviously this is choreographed by Jackie Chan, everybody else is like, like, goes for it. Right? I, I, I just want to highlight, we, you know, um, um, Bridget Lynn, who plays Selena, mm. not just here, but in other parts of the film, like she goes for some of these stunts as well. Like, so her choreography with the guy at the knife and sort of shifting around and rolling the floor and other, it's really well done. Like it's really well timed, looks good. Um, you before this fight, right? Before this whole situation, is it ever suggested or said that they're going to set this? thing up <laughs> no i think we're just supposed to understand because we see his face don't we because he pulls the mask up yeah we're supposed to recognize him right right that was that yeah, was all i yeah. agree with you because yeah i went back to, every time i'm like have i missed a drop line <laughs> have i sort of hit is there a scene missing like it just sort of happens and you because mm. you do it's 
And then he keeps missing her and stuff. And it's obvious it's sort of like a setup. But it never feels like I'm, like, you know, I thought, like, am I, is this supposed to be a big reveal? Like, I don't know. It's sort of, are we supposed to be the same as her? It's, it's an odd setup. Mm. Um, but this is all pure comedy. Yeah. Um, dancing around, you know, doing all its bits and pieces. Um, I'm less, it look, you know, it's, it's, it's well done. I'm just less enamored by this kind of thing because it feels pantomime, as you say, clownish. Mm. Um, and uh, th- this is where I find like sometimes I don't quite gel with Jackie Chan's humor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I, slapstick and stuff never really has never really worked for me. It, it can in in the right right context, but like sparingly. Yeah. Um, but I do find this goes on like way too long. I agree. I mean, this scene goes on too long, but then the trouble is it's then backed up by further scenes doing similar style yeah. comedy, isn't it? So I would say there's probably the next 45 minutes of this movie, which are not disposable scenes, but are scenes that never get back to the height of the of the opening again. Yeah. And, and that idea is sparingly. I think, I think you, you know, we've spoken about Lethal Weapon already, but Shane Black is a guy who can write a really mm. serious scene followed by a silly bit of slapstick. You know, you think of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or yes. The Nice Guys, where you've got characters who are kind of doofuses and they get involved in, you know, silly moments, the Ryan Gosling character, Nice Guys, and, and um, mm. Robert Downey Jr. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So it can work, and it definitely does work in other Jackie Chan vehicles, but I agree here. There's just... It, it leans too far, I think, into that. And yes. As you said, the ne- the very next moment is him... Because he gets knocked out by Selena, doesn't he? And then, mm. yeah, Jackie's doing the, again, amazing choreography. Because the guy really looks limp. And really yeah, looks like Jackie's yeah. controlling him. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackie's like, right, the only way to get authenticity yeah. is I'm going <laughs> to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> like, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But no, it, it looks, as you said, the choreography, I will never fault. It looks good. It's fine. But it's just that tone. Like, it feels, mm. it's, it's verging into silly. Yeah, agreed. Um, where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And like you said, it becomes excessive. Like this whole scene goes on for a bit. And then, you know. And then they go back to his place, don't they? And that's when May's there. Yes. And it's a kind of the same scene again, but with cake. And that goes yeah. on too long. Several people, yeah, hit with cake. And then there's a whole confusion about that. Um, but between between those two things, though, is the car scene, as you say. Mm. And again, this is where the sort of the tonal shift comes in. So, or bad, or just maybe just badly thought out jokes. Yes, because they do escape, and she's, he's like, "Oh my god, we've got to get away. You need to be protected at mine." That was the whole point of this. So she would sort of go into police custody or go into police protection. So they jump in this car. The bad driver. They're driving away. They're arguing, bickering, and he hits a, a guy with a push chair. Yeah, that's the bit I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, and you sort of go, "Huh." Like it's they jump out. It's like oh my god, the baby, and it's revealed to be a a dumb like a doll, mm. and then it breaks into another fight, which again actually there's some good stuff in that fight. Yeah, amazing. But um, yeah, it kind of feels like why did he need the hit a push yet? Mm-hmm. Like you could have easily just hit a person, which would have been almost yeah. less dramatic or like less dramatic. But it, yeah, again, it's like an odd tonal choice where i'm just like this is this was not needed no 
and actually you talking now i've just flashed that they do it in speed don't they and Sandra Bullock's driving the bus. Oh yeah, she hits the yeah, she the, hits, yeah. and it turns out it's a it's tin, like yeah. a yeah, homeless woman collecting. But again, like it seems to play in that movie much better. There's just something. Well, in that, it's, it's because they it's... can't stop. Like she's she's like yeah. I can't stop, and they're trying to get the woman to see, and it's the response. Because in that, like Sandra Bullock in in Speed, Sandra Bullock's like response is, is trauma. Yeah. yeah, she's like, oh my mm. god, I killed a baby. Like she's she's almost in tears, like, unconsolable. Someone else had to drag like grab the mm. steering wheel. And they confirm that it's just canned uh, from probably some poor homeless person, to be mm. fair. So it's, but at least it, it's not played for, for like, I don't know. It's played more dramatic there and has consequence and weight for the yeah. characters. This is sort of like, it's a transition. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, and again, it's not it's not really his fault. And But again, he's out the car and he's doing the Jackie Chan run. And again, the hair's going everywhere. So yeah. we're straight back into kind of the clown stuff. And really, it should be, he should be getting out. It should be somber. He should be slowly, tentatively walking up to that. Like, oh my, as you said, in trauma, like, oh my mm. God. But yeah, it's played for a laugh. In, and then just in order to get to the next action scene. Yeah. And the car's used well, you know. Oh, it's it's rolling around, going through the car. It's, it, it's one of the, it's the first, you know, we've had the bus, but this is, much more close quarters. It's one of the mm. first times, you know, we get them get to see them use a a, a prop, as mm-hmm. it were. And that's where they, they really they really shine. This team really shine. They get to do this kind of thing. Um and so yeah, again, high remark like high marks for this fight. I, I do like this fight. And I, but the thing is I like the way it ends as well actually. This is one of the first times I'm like, oh this makes kind of sense. Um Selena gets hold of a gun. She's not used to how to hold it, which again I like. This is because again mm-hmm. in Western, um, soup, you know, action films and that, it's often maybe it's just because it's American, I don't know, but they often just grab the gun and they know exactly what to do with it straight away. <laughs> she's like, I'm not like she's clearly like holding it tentatively. She doesn't really know mm-hmm. what to do with it, and when she pulls the trigger, like she loses her footing and, and falls over. But they all stop, like even uh, all the all the sort of the attackers and Jackie are sort of going. Right, put it down. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> none of us know where you're going to be firing. So this is so you know. So I actually kind of like that. That works. What are your thoughts on that sort of you know th- this thing? Because again, cause it's an odd setup, but no, I agree with you. I think it's good. And you know, you've mentioned Bridget Lynn already, and I think she's good in the role. Mm. But I think she because she's good because she's asked to do a difficult job. Yes, her character is so like inconsistent. Here, here, I think you're right. I think it makes sense that her hands are shaking and she doesn't know what to do with the gun. But I mean, I think she's introduced as like the main drug lords, you know. More. Know. She's, yeah. yeah she's, like, she's like, but she's pretty like, it sounds like in her introduction, she might be pretty high up in the, within their like. Oh, they're worried she knows something. Yeah, they yeah. worry she has like specific information. That's why she gets ended up being tracked yeah. down. Yeah. And then suddenly she's, you know, she's shrieking and she's scared i don't know i just think you know perhaps she would, would have been handling this situation a bit a bit different i think she commits and i think she's good at whatever she's asked to do but i think there's an inconsistency in what they are they're mm. they're requiring for her because it needs to fit whatever the tone of the scene is so here she needs to be shrieking and scared and fearful in the next scene she needs to be kind of like sarcastic and conniving and cunning and yeah i think she's got a difficult job and she does it all all pretty well I think this action scene is awesome. I think the way mm. they use more of the sugar glass here for all the wind, the windscreens yeah. and the, the side windows is brilliant because people are falling through them and smashing through them. And and I think you're right. It 
he doesn't defeat everybody. They decide like, bugger this, it's not worth it. And they all, they all leg it because yeah, as you said, who knows who's going to get shot if she fires yeah. that gun again. So it all makes sense. It just doesn't all always come together. We're mm. back to kind of the same idea again, I think. The the thing that I thought of with this film, um, and it may have been because I was watching wrestling TikToks a little bit as well, <laughs> but this reminded me of sort of wrestling um, WWF storytelling. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point of the storytelling is to get to the next match or the next event, you know? So... Mm. Um, I I love all the sort of wrestling storytelling. I love sort of you know sometimes when they do it really really well, they play an angle or whatever. But oftentimes you feel it's transitional, like it's mm-hmm. transactional. Like, okay, okay, we've got to have this scene or this promo or this whatever we're gonna to do to set up to give weight to the next match. You know that sort of thing. And there's parts of this film that feel very much the mm-hmm. same, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we've got to be in this location for this purpose, and you want to give some, you know, you want to give this some weight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of again almost like the, the the plot and the story feels like it's serving as we said, it's serving the action mm. rather than being a rather than being meshed together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and that that sort of you know as you said this this is a great scene, but it's it's a weird transition to the start of it, and then kind of like although they all run off, it kind of peters out. <laughs> You're like, mm. oh, cool, all right, it makes sense why it ended, but. It's that thing of well, we can't have Jackie beaten up by a bunch of guys, but you can't have him fully like roundly beating them all as well. So it makes sense. Like this is an escalation. So it, yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's it's well performed. Um, and then we have a sort of a period of film where, like you say, with May, the cake. Then Selena finds out this. She sees the the, the photograph of of all the police officers. That's right. Yeah. She's the face of her attacker. And then so she plays it all sort of like sexy and coy and all this other stuff. Completely like, again, as you said, a different character to how she's been the rest of the evening. Jackie sort of falls for it and then she escapes. Um, it's, I think, Yeah, this this is where it's sort of, there's the whole court case where he has to present mm. it, but he has a tape and it's actually almost like carry on level. Yeah, that's a great shout innuendo about like he plays it but it's a recording of when she was sort of like playing him so she could escape and she sat on his cactus and it's almost like oh yeah. matron oh <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's i'd forgotten all about this so like, I, I, I was just like this is this is very sort of carry on it's very mm. sort of like 60s british humor but clean like it's throughout it like it's it's innuendo but never smutty do you know what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. I don't know. Does any of this work for you though? Like this whole because it's quite. It's about twenty minutes of all this yeah, stuff going too, on. It's too long. The court case goes on for way too long, and I think I, I watched the um, the sub version. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because sometimes when you watch sub stuff, you kind of. I just think to myself like, everyone seems of a level. Everyone seems good, or some some people seem great, but nobody ever seems bad in mm. in in. Um, sub stuff for some reason but not here the guy playing the main prosecutor lawyer just seems bad he just seems bad and it goes on for too long (laughs) and i just want it over because then he comes back later and he's equally bad there as well yeah i'm sorry to whoever this actor is and i'm sure he's great in other stuff but yeah in this scene i just kind of want it over with and i hadn't put that together carry on but that's such a good shout it really does feel that way and it just 
you think where we started with that gritty 70s realistic like action yeah this is just so far the other end that i just and it, and unfortunately it's it's bookended isn't it by the 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 pantomime cake stuff and then we get the the police station phone call stuff so mm. yeah it's just a segment of the film that i'm not a great big fan of if i'm honest yeah it doesn't start you say it sort of it serves a, a narrative purpose mm-hmm. but like you say it, just, it goes on too long and the film's let's say the film's not overly long no it goes back, goes back, you know, a pretty fair clip. But like, yeah, there's stuff like this. We're like, this doesn't need to be this long. Let's cut a couple of minutes here and there. Let's just crack on. Um, because it does feel like I'm, I'm beginning. I feel it, like you said. They sort of like you go, okay, it's still going. Like, let's move mm-hmm. on. Like, not even. It's not. I'm not even like saying I want. Oh, I don't. Not saying I need another action scene. I, I just sort of want something that's got a bit of weight to it that doesn't feel silly. Um and again the phone scene's well done mm. in the sense of it's you know that sort of like Buster Keaton kind of physical comedy Charlie Chaplin you know I do feel like you know you you feel in some of those scenes you know when it's not the um action based because you know Jackie Chan will do these other sort of smaller sort of let's say gymnastic acrobatic kind of scenes. Mm. There's an there is an homage or at least there's an affection for that silent era, um, kind of sort of you know, clownishness as you say, mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin or Lauren Hardy or those kinds of things, and it works. I mean, you know, rape joke aside, mm-hmm. which is awful. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's such a weird thing. But the thing of being all tied up in the phones and he's got them mm-hmm. on the wrong the wrong cradle and then he puts them all back and it sort of flips and you know, it's all you know like oh well done that's you know, kind of well done, but it's sort of, it's, it's almost a, a bit of a, and you know, you just go, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I think right. you said it just now. And I'm just, I'm going to back you up. Like, because it's not adding anything to it is fun, but it's yeah. like, it's like a sketch from a sketch show. Mm. And like, great. You probably took a lot of time to choreograph that. And it's really well done and it's clever. And yeah. One of those phone calls needed to be, we've seen the drug guy get down here now, or like there needed to be something to do with the plot for that scene to exist. Yes. So I think that's that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. The, the other one that make, this makes me think of is, um, and he's not part of a double act, but like Abbott, Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. is, a fair, is another one where it's sort of like, they'll have a scene of, um, or, or Laurel and Hyde, those double acts, where like you'll have a feel like, I don't know if you've ever seen... Um, <clears throat> when the Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman or, or Frankenstein, there's the horror mashups. They're the only Abbott and Costello films I'll have or I've seen. They'll have a scene where, like, the joke is <clears throat> they're at a, a train station, and between them, like, one's putting the suitcases on something and the other one's taking them off on the other side. Right. Like, there's, there's that kind of confusion. So, like, they're not actually achieving anything, mm-hmm. but the joke is that kind of thing. And it's usually well choreographed and it's fun, but like, you're like, Often I I feel the same with those and like this isn't serving anything and it's mm. going on too long like you're mm. kind of pleased with this joke but you need to drink it to a close like you know move on um yes this whole thing but again this is again I'm gonna say another tonal shift because it does shift you do get sort of you know um he gets some information <clears throat> gets called to a house I think I've missed oh, by Snake Eyes isn't it he's got yeah who he thinks is like a informant isn't it. That's it. But actually, yes. he's acting on behalf of the the crime lord. 
Yes. So yeah. To and so he he goes to this house and again, I'm getting those sort of like seventies vibes. Like mm. he sneaks in, he do, you know jumps over the gate, climbs up the side, sees she's in there tied up, and and then he, he you know there's a fight scene and there's also this stuff. A guy goes through a window and off a balcony onto a lawn and you watch <laughs> it and you're just like. Stretcher, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude's not getting up from that. Like that's incredible. I always wonder, like, what's going through their head the moment he hits that balcony and he's still mm. rolling. Like he must be going, like, oh, this is this is gonna hurt. Like <laughs> this is not tuck my head in and hope for the best. Like that's all it can be. But that feels again goes back to sort of like I'm thinking, as you said, like you know, I don't think I can see uh, Gene Hackman sort of high kicking anyone, but. Yeah, you, you get that sort of more seventies vibe again, mm. and this is where you get the betrayal. This is where Jackie gets set up for having killed a police officer because you get the, um, the guy you mentioned at the beginning is he's all sort of set up in this, and so they turn on him, and, and it again has this whole thing of sort of like it feels gritty again. It feels mm. like wait weighty, and I'm like, oh, hang on, this is a different. Oh, we're back to the film that we started with. Yeah, that's true. They because they use Jackie's gun, don't they? They take his gun off him. And use that to shoot this other police officer. And I mean, if you imagine, like, you can't do a hard cut, obviously, from the opening. But if that had been maintained all the way through, that kind of consistent tone, this this moment would have had so much weight. Would have been so. Mm. It also could have come twenty minutes earlier, if I'm honest. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We've kind of circled back, and this could be like a. It, this is like a scene in The Departed, you know, like mm. something like that, where you really care for what's happening but i think because so much of the other stuff is too has lent too far we do care whether well we know jack is going to get himself out of it because we always do but i don't know we, we should be totally bought in in this moment and we should really care that he's been betrayed by somebody in the force and that he's being set up and you just kind of Okay. Well, the reveal, the reveal of the guy coming in who wants to retire and is looking for a retirement bonus Mm. him walking in and like you do I, I know like it took me a couple of viewings to make the connection that it's the guy from the beginning because mm-hmm. you're not thinking that <laughs> because that moment at the beginning where he says like you know you let them go it's like no I was covering your back it's so sort of inconsequential mm. that you just go oh it's they've just they've created a scene just that allows them to to leave that's it yeah. it's extending the chase that's the purpose of it. But it's never followed up. Like, if there was a bit of a subplot of Jackie confronting the guy and going, you know, I got done for all this. Mm. The bus chase, it all got out of hand. Your fault. It's on you because you weren't at your post as you were supposed to. You failed your bit of the mission. If that was sort of like there, to have him then walk in and be a sort of a snitch <laughs> would be like, oh, oh. Mm. Like it becomes weighty because it's almost played like that when he walks into the room. It's almost like a they want to have a sort of a Dallas moment of like, <laughs> but it doesn't have that weight, does it? So it's sort of, yeah, I don't know. So you, you get the tone, but like not the impact of it all. So I think you're 100 right that there's just <laughs> yeah, there's just something not because he like Selena's there, isn't she? As you said, she's all tied up, and again. Yeah. But because she was a bad guy and then she was sort of a good guy and then she ran away and is she a bad guy again? Or who's again, like it's all just not quite coming together. Something's just not quite 
quite gelling yeah with, with everything at this point yeah i agree it's sort of you know it's there's two different films going on as mm. you say on, on the same reel um mm. Because it does escalate into sort of the, you know, because after this bit, like Jackie Chan gets kind of serious. Like he, yeah, you know, he gets a, he gets framed for the murder of this, this crooked cop. He then is going to get arrested. He's going to get sort of like, at least he's going to be put in uh, custody whilst it's investigated. Makes complete sense. I understand that his gun mm. is used. And then he goes on the run, takes the chief inspector, um, and even when the chief inspector's sort of like, look, I know it was, I can, I know it wasn't you. I know you, you know, be safe, do what you're gonna do, kind of thing. Like all that is again, I'm thinking maybe more lighthearted, but I'm still thinking like Dirty Harry or, mm. or you know, any of those sort of cop sixty seventies cop films. Yeah, you got to go rogue to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. It. Um. And then he is, it does, but then it has this weird, like, this is the thing, not with this whole film. In fact, May, to me, represents that sort of dichotomy. Because then he's sort of, st- he's staking out where he thinks this guy's going to be at this shopping this shopping centre. And he, like, Jackie Chan's looking all sort of, like, bruised and sweaty and grizzled. Mm. And he's sort of like, I'm going to bring him down. And then May stood there going, I'm hungry. <laughs> Are we still here? <laughs> And I'm going like, yeah, why is she there? Like, I don't understand this. Like, why is she in this scene? You know, I, I, it feels so sort of incongruous with what they're trying to achieve. Mm. Um, it's it's bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. And I think, yeah, it's interesting because I hadn't, again, you talk about then, it was, I was flashing through the film in my mind because for the last sort of 20 minutes or so, probably longer than that, half an hour, he's only got one costume, hasn't he? Yeah. Because from the break into the house and the framing, and then they like claw from him and knock him out, and then the the arrest and the escape, and then the final scene is all just kind of one after the other, one after one after the other for the character. Yeah, it's all it's all within like I don't know twenty four hours, or at least within yeah. twelve hours. It all he, like, hasn't got changed or anything. Like he's all no. sweaty and beaten up yeah. and exhausted, and yeah, you're right. So I guess May's there because she's the only one he can rely on at this point. But I'm not sure what her function is i guess she brought him some food because he was hungry and then chose chose to hang out but yeah she doesn't she needs to be given something to do doesn't she yeah and she's not no because she says like i'm bored and he goes then leave like like, that's it and and she sort of just does and you go like yeah all right (laughs) i need you to a bit like you know maybe rear window i need you to go into the mall to do this because i can't go myself because yeah absolutely she they they need to come up something for her to do for her purpose yeah yeah 100 percent. because it's you know it's it's one of these things where you know you'll hear of writers or directors and you say oh they can't you know um they can't do female characters you know like michael bay mm. oh he's not great with female characters or whatever and you go yeah at least he sort of you know he'll give them something to do yeah <laughs> like jackie chan's literally just put her on the scene and she's gone i have no idea what i'm doing like <laughs> i'm just here at this point and they give her a cake and she's like oh we're doing that again okay fair enough um yeah it feels bizarre um however it does sort of against like you know he is now in 70s cop mode, as far as I'm concerned, because then it switches to he sees um, Selena going to the shopping centre and, mm. and the drug dealers, all sort of stuff. So he goes in, and again, at this point, plot out the window, doesn't matter because it becomes um, one of the most impressive 
spectacles of glass shattering fights across a shopping center that you are ever going to see. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like the Blues Brothers, but with people. Yeah. <laughs> not cars. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and a motorbike. Um, yeah. It's yeah. so good. Like the, the start of this movie and the end of this movie are like five star perfect yes. moments. Unfortunately, it's just an hour of whiffle in the middle. Yeah, this this end is just unbelievably good. The choreography of the fights is so fast. Yes. The level of stunts that Jackie and his team are doing is, you know, we have to, you've said it and I'm going to back up, like we have to talk about how good they are and how committed they are as well, is unreal because fine at sugar glass, but it still hurts. They're still flinging themselves onto the corners of tables and into trophy cabinets and down between escalators onto a table. Like some of the falls in this are insane. Um, Like you say, through windows, um, it's like I say through the glass. the The whole first bit is I love because I love when they use props. He's got the when they're, they're fighting and he's using like the clothes rail and mm. he's sort of like it's spinning around on its wheels and he's using the stuff in it. Like all of it is fantastic. It's incredibly well done. Yeah. Um. But they don't want to sort of like they don't you know so it's it's almost like there's that gymnastic element to it, acrobatic element, which is all the choreography and the timing. But this one doesn't spare the brutality. Mm. Yeah. And that's like as you say, sort of they, you know, when they fall, it's not like behind something so they can land on a a cushioned surface. Like you said, they bounce off the side of things, they roll through like one of them, I think it hits a bench, you know, mm. and you see these things. And then they get the guy on the motorbike and the guy gets I can't even like setting this scene up must have been like, mm. you know, the talking through this. Jackie ends up on a motorbike, drives into a guy. Who, um, it, do you want this? Maybe think of weirdly think of, of uh, have you ever seen No Hold Bard? That's is that's a wrestling Hulk Hogan, yeah, the Hulk, Hulk Hogan. I don't know if I have, All right? I'm, I'm going to recommend it as a sort of like mm. a, a bad movie watch because it's awful but hilarious at the same time. There's a scene that where Hulk Hogan runs into someone uh, with his motorbike and they do a similar thing where they sort of end up on the front of the bike and he sort of hurls them off. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, I remember him being quite proud of that sort of stunt. And then you think like, Jackie Chan did it through like 12 panes yeah. of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, gets a guy on the front of the motorbike and then drives it through, you know, um, a display with mm. mannequins and glass and all this other stuff. Um. And it's, you know, again, all the coverage mm. is great. Um, but like I say it just goes on. And, you know, wh- where I've been thinking, like they say, this, the the schmaltz and stuff in the the middle, I'm going, oh, it's going on. And I went to end. I'm watching this and going, like, this is still going. And it is yeah. insane how much it's still going. Um, <clears throat> and it ends in. Like Jackie Chan jumps off things, goes to the roof of, of one thing, and that's one thing he does, like a garden. Um, yeah, he gets shot through, display. doesn't he? Because he has like yeah. a big, there's like the, I, I, um, apologies, I don't know what the, the, the main, you've got the criminal lord, haven't you? Then you've got, he's got main henchman underneath yes. him. Yeah, the, the underboss. On, which, is, which is brilliant, which is, um, you know, kind of like raid levels. I can see mm. why Gareth Evans cites this as a movie that's definitely influenced the raid, and particularly the raid two with the big final fight in the kitchen, I think is inspired by, by this in police story. But um, yeah, they have like a, a going on fight, don't they? 
Yeah. And I think he's the guy that puts Jackie over the banister and through like some little, yeah, I don't know, like love seat or something. Yeah. And he gets up, doesn't he? Takes himself <clears> back <throat> up. Yeah, it's brutal. So, yeah, and all that. And it culminates in, so the drug dealer's escaping. He's got the briefcase, which has got the evidence in that Celine has printed off, isn't it? That's right. And so to track him down, he's like, I don't know, three floors down, three or four floors down. And he sees his escaping. So Jackie jumps from a balcony area of this floor he's on and slides down a, a, a... a lighting display. Yeah, I think it's a metal pole, isn't it? With like kind of like fairy lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, to go through fall through a pane of glass into a <laughs> thing and then rolls out to go get him. And they again ultimate coverage. Like you see him do this like five times. Um, <laughs> I love it. I know some people don't don't get on with this this concept that Jackie Chan came up with, but I, I'm with you. Like. I put myself at serious risk here and I genuinely got really injured. I'm yeah. going to show the shit out of this. I'm going to show oh, it from this angle yeah. and that angle. I'm going to show it three or four times. Like, yeah, I'm with him. Definitely. Oh, 100%. You know, and even as a viewer, you see it from different yeah. angles and you're just like, yeah, no, that's insane. <laughs> um, the one thing I do know about this scene is, you you know, you say there were like fairy lights. I think it was actually, it's actually bulbs. It's actually oh, bulbs okay. that are plugged into it because um, they didn't do it. And um, at one point they wanted more i think they wanted money but like, you can't have more lights <laughs> um but because he's going down it like he's bursting the bulbs as he goes down and he burnt the palms of his hands like mm. quite badly doing this scene um so you know and he's, he still gets up and, and finishes off the might you know. be the last time jackie puts his body on no, the line he gets no, bad it, injuries yeah right? yeah yeah um <laughs> But one of the things you say about the tone of this, because it is, it's spectacular. Like this whole this whole end set piece in the in the shopping center is phenomenal. It's hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, I think you're right. The the this is film is bookended by two five star set pieces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But talking about the tone again, th- we've had this sort of like funny, jovial, clownish Jackie Chan throughout the whole film. And then this sort of end piece like shifts, you know, this whole sort of in even in the house and the whole bit of like running away, you know, having been on the run kind of thing <clears throat> is just more serious. But then it ends. The actual ending of this film is the police come in, they're like, Jackie, no. So like the inspector and stuff, then we've got the evidence, we know you're it wasn't you, kind of thing. So he, he knows he's gonna be freed. But it's almost like it it feels like a Clint Eastwood ending, like this is mm. a Dirty Harry ending. They've said no, you don't, you know don't, or, or um um, it made me think of like Rocky Five or even like Lethal Weapon again. Mm-hmm. That thing of like you know don't kill him, yeah, um, you know, but they're like don't hit him, and, and like a, an enraged Jackie like just pummels this guy in the stomach <laughs> like yeah. a number of times, but he's like clenched and he is tense, and then it's like he's furious, and he and he does it, and then. He, like, the film ends with him going for him again. Yeah, it's like freeze frame. The end. Yeah, hooray! <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, and again, I was like that. That that feels so. That feel I can see that of the the character at the start of the film, but the one mm-hmm. that was pissing around with, um, getting cake in the face, and you know, has a cactus as his favorite, as his best friend, and stuff. It doesn't. Like you said it doesn't gel. Mm. It's so bizarrely off kilter the whole thing um i think the scene i think what highlights what you're saying perfectly 
is the scene when he just before he escapes with the with the chief inspector and he has a big speech mm. and it's in like don't we have mothers too our mothers love us and there's all these weird lines that he's saying and he but he's really going for like the veins are popping it's he's angry like he really means it and i think it's you know it's a good performance by Jackie Chan at mm. that moment but because it's Jackie Chan and because we've seen him do that stuff earlier you can't help but have that undercurrent of comedy. Yeah. It's not meant to be funny, this scene. It's meant to be serious. It's meant to be like, think about what the police do for you on a daily basis. That's what it is, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. Take it seriously. You know, police put their lives on the line and different era, right? Um, mm-hmm. We talk about the police slightly differently then than we do now. Yeah. But um, I can't help but watch that scene and, and think, oh, it's a bit funny. And it's not meant to be. Mm. And I think if they, if they'd done away with all that comedy in the middle, which I know isn't going to happen because it's a Jackie Chan vehicle, then that scene would have been powerful. It would have been impactful. So I think it's the same here. Like he's he's back to going for it. It's rain's popping. It's muscles <clears throat> rippling. It's angry. But I just don't quite buy it. No, it's, it's <clears throat> this one of the things that this film, one of the reasons this film was made. Um you know, by Jackie, I don't know if you know this. So they kept trying to push him onto the American market. Mm. And he finally sort of made it a splash with like Rumble in the Blanc Rumble in the Bronx, mm. which obviously then led on to Rush Hour and, and so on and so forth. And then a whole slew of of relatively family friendly sort of, you know, uh chop socky sort of like fun films, which are great for the most part. I think some really good ones. Um but they really wanted to push him as a major action star. And we've talked about Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger and that sort of thing. And he made a film called The Protector. I don't recommend it. It's awful. <laughs> uh, uh, it's quite hard to get a hold of, actually. I think I've, I've, I've not seen all of it. I've seen bits of it online and stuff, but even that. But they want him to be like this grizzled action star. So they brought him mm-hmm. over to the States to make this film. And he really didn't like the experience. He hated the experience. He felt like he'd been um, taken advantage of mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. So, and he felt kind of sullied by it. So he went home and said, well, I'm going to do... Really, what is considered his his first, you know, modern era um, action film? Because a lot of his other stuff is peering, isn't it? All his mm-hmm, mm-hmm. films and Project A and all this other stuff. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is what he came up with, and you can sort of see that it never wants to fully lean into being a, a hard bitten, gritty action film. But the influences are still there. But he keeps pulling back to be going like, "No, I'm I'm still the I'm still that Jackie Chan." And um, I think that's the sort of the the at odds that mm. we're seeing. Mm. That's interesting. It's... I didn't know that, and that makes perfect sense. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 an odd film, and you know it's good. But what what are your final thoughts oh, to to round out then sort of police story? This is the first entry into the series, and we'll sort of see mm. different versions. But I, I mean, I really like it. It's it's really rewatchable, and I think it's. But that's because you know. Where you know you're going to get that awesome scene at the end. So you watch the start and you're like, oh, okay, I've got to watch this next bit. And I've got to watch this next yeah. bit. But I'll get a scene now. I get the scene with the cars. And I've got better. So it is rewatchable and I, and I like it. And, you know, I said, you know, I've watched one with my son. And if he turned up to him and was like, I really want to watch Please Story Dad, I've watched the trailer. And I, before I said, I'd be reluctant to choose to show it to him. But I would if he really asked to watch it. Mm-hmm. We could watch it. And I, I wouldn't, I'd be quite happy to watch it again. And that would be the second time in a week. That's not a problem. <laughs> But in amongst those films that I said at the start that I've watched, it's it's middling for me. 
Yeah. I think Project A is a much better film. I think Armor of God actually is my favorite I've watched so far mm. in this kind of era. I think that manages to mesh the two. The, the two much, much better. Yeah. Kind of in that injured it's like an Indiana Jones it is. style. Yeah. And so you get the adventuring and you get the stunts and you get the action, and you get the comedy, and that seems to that 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 feels like a good fit, right? Raiders is essentially mm-hmm. that anyway, isn't it? It's action and comedy and stunts and so yeah, I like Police Story and I think it's bookended by pretty infallible action scenes. But it's not his strongest of this era, which is interesting because it's often the one people go go to and hold yes, up. Yes, everyone cites it. Which, so <clears throat> I very much feel like people, got, you know, I've looked at the reviews and I'm always intrigued. People do like, yeah, oh, this is the Jackie Chan masterpiece. Da, da, da. Mm. I, and I, I, I'm with you. I disagree. I think they don't. I, you know, I, I don't think this is a masterpiece. Yeah, I think there are um, flashes of. Mm-hmm what could be really great and what could be really interesting, but it's sort of bogged down in a need to be sort of the clownishness. And it, because there are odds that it doesn't work. I agree with you. Armor of God definitely sort of has that balance better. Um, and in fact, I think in that film, he manages to incorporate sort of, like you say, the prop um, mm. clownishness as well in some of the fight scenes, much, much better. Um and so it's sort of the transition sort of makes sense. And because it's a quest film as well, it sort of fe- it feels like it's moving forwards all the time as well. So I think you have that yeah. on your on its side. Um but no, I agree. And again, I think even Project A, Project A sort of again, he he is um because it's a period piece, because you've got some great sets and you've got pirates and stuff in that, like it all it all kind of sort of like works mm. um much better. Um but I do feel there's, there's this there's a reason that there's only like this Project A and Project A Part Two, but there's like a whole bunch of uh, police story films, because um, this was a success. This was a huge success in Hong mm. Kong and in Asia, and actually did pretty good business in um, Europe, but did struggle in America. <clears throat> and this is where I want to sort of like we'll, we'll round out. Mm. Why do you think then that the, the, what are your thoughts on the difference then between especially this era of this is eighty five. This is peak. I mean, this is this is the year of Commando. This is the year of uh, around sort of like um, Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Mm. Um, you know, by now you've also had like Beverly Hills Cop. Um, you know, so you, in, you know, comedy is a part of this sort of the action genre. Yeah, yeah. Beginning. You've had forty eight hours. So, <clears throat> um, I don't know what well, that that difference then between the Western and the sort of like the the, the Asian sort of cinema in this sense of action films. What are your thoughts on, on that? It's interesting because it, it, like I, I thought, you know, I'll have a quick look because I didn't want to, I wanted to be clear on exactly what was out around that time. And yeah, you're right, the ones you cited, and we we spoke about Stallone and Cobra, didn't we, as well? Mm. <clears throat> it's difficult, isn't it? Because I can see, like looking at the list of things that came around in the series, you know, Canon was pretty big around this time as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, ninjas were a big yeah, thing yeah. in the in the Cadden films say so that i know it's different but and i know it's a from a different country um but you know that kind of eastern influence was permeating hollywood filmmaking and american culture and action movies you know we'd had ninja through the dominion and american ninja and all that kind mm. of but i think You know the other things that are popular, I guess, were you know Arnie and Stallone with a with a with a pumped up, and then outside 
that you had people like Chuck Norris, I guess, was pretty... This is peak, isn't it? Mid-80s um, Chuck wait, Norris as well. Chuck Norris is a really weird one, because... Like missing in action, is that around yeah, now? Yeah, really? that's 85, the first missing in action at this point. Yeah, that, that sort of is... His, like, he'd made some films before this, and mm-hmm. they'd done all course, right, yeah. but, um, you know, they were they were all very sort of niche to, to mm-hmm. be very... They're, they're very Chuck Norris films. Um, missing in action, which was canon... <clears throat> um, is really that sort of what kicks off his, you know, testosterone, real testosterone boost in action films. Mm. Um, yeah, it's you know there are there are that you know that that zeitgeist is there that there's a need mm. for action, <clears throat> and uh, but th- th- there's something different. I think like you know because they'd already made the protector, so they'd already tried to make Jackie mm. Chan a thing in the states. You know, in eighty four. Um, what I see though is people have watched this film and they've seen Jackie Chan stuff, and Cobra is probably the best example because mm. I mean Stallone's clearly a Jackie Chan fan. Like, there's no doubt about it. But like, you watch Cobra, which started out as uh, a pitch for a version of Beverly Hills Cop, mm. which was which was like, no, that's that's not how this works. Um, <clears throat> and then it was taken away and. The, the more I watch this film, the more I'm like, it's the same film. Mm. Cobra is very similar in many respects of, you know, we have a witness that's being chased down. I mean, it's, it's a death cult in, mm-hmm. in Cobra because, you know, it has to be more. Um, But again, you know, Cobra is, is the gritty, he's aiming for that, that Dirty Harry kind of sort of like, he wanted to be the 80s Dirty Harry. That's really what he was going for with that film. But I can see there's so much of police story sort of in that mm. idea. Um, I don't know. It just, it's, yeah, it it has influenced so much stuff. But yeah, I guess in the Hollywood you had kind of two, like you, you know, the, what the films you've mentioned and putting aside the canon stuff, which is kind of its own subgenre, mm. isn't it? But we had Arnie and Stallone, we had Commando, and we had First Blood Part Two. Yeah, and then we have Eddie Murphy, we have Beverly Hills Cop, and we have. But I guess those themselves are two kind of mm. subgenres, aren't they? Because you're not going to get Eddie Murphy in Commando, no, and you're not going to get Arnie or Stallone in Beverly Hills Cop. So I guess Jackie Chan fits somewhere uncomfortably in the middle of those two things, and American audiences clearly didn't want that. They wanted Eddie Murphy wisecracking, it. and that, yeah. or they wanted muscle-bound, <laughs> non-stop action. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It feels like he should have been massive. He should have. Been. I think that the, the thing is that that combination of action and comedy in that purest form, you know, mm. true action comedy doesn't come along until the late eighties in the state, mm. you know, in America. Because it's as you said about Shane Black, like Shane Black, sort of like s- sort of slips it in with Lethal Weapon. Um, you know, you see it in in that. But really, sort of like the first, oh, you you have. I would say Beverly Hills is action comedy, and, and it's but it's mm-hmm. more. It's a comedy action film, you know. It's it's yeah. or an, it's an action comedy, and it's, it's a comedy film with action bits in it. Like yeah, agreed. Um, but the first one where it sort of really goes for, I think of the late eighties. Arnie's is um, um, Red Heat. Mm-hmm. John with with, with John Belushi or James yeah, Belushi. Eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. Okay. It's a lot later, so it comes at the eighty because he, he did that because he knew he'd you know because Arnie starts to move into comedy with twins. Yeah, yeah. And then so like 
the the sort of the relaxing of the action girdle, mm. if you will, um, allows for that kind of thing. I just don't think the audiences weren't ready for it in the eighties. They wanted like hard hitting, you know, big blowing up kind of like proper action. The fact yeah. of the matter is, you go back and you watch some of those sort of films. Like, I'm a you know you and I you and I are massive fans of these kind of things. But if you watch anything other than the first Rambo film, right? Go watch Rambo Part Two, Part Three, like those eighties ones. They almost are action comedies. Like they sure. are that or ridiculous. Commando, right? Yeah. Commando. Oh, Commando. Yeah, clearly. You is. have I'm to gonna... laugh with it. Yeah. Even if it didn't intend it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm never entirely sure if it did or it didn't, but <laughs> I, lo- I love it for it. Of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the nineties were sort of a much more open to that sort mm-hmm. of action comedy. Like Tango and Cash is eighty nine, I think. Um. So you start to see them coming through. Mm. And so I think Jackie Chan was maybe just ahead of his time, but he couldn't get the balance. I think like, but you're right. Armor of God, there was more acceptance for comedy in adventure films mm-hmm. in the eighties, kids, adventure films and stuff. Goonies. Mm. Yeah. You know, you know, everything from stemmed from that. Jackie just put the wrong one into the, into I think into the American audience. Mm. I think, I think you're right. I think armor of God would have probably paid much better as a as a as a gambit in in you know in the west than yeah. you know police story or any of the others project a just does not play i don't think project no. a, I, love, I think it's great but it does not play in um it's about the it's about the hong kong navy isn't it the chinese yeah, navy yeah, yeah. and it's got a whole bunch of stuff in it like you're like yeah i don't know what is going on with this plot i don't really understand the context yeah, it's, of the it's, it's kind of kind of full metal jacket for about 20 minutes but <laughs> a, a comedic full metal jacket yeah yeah it's it's an odd film but a brilliant film it is good yeah so yeah it's, it's an awesome one like when he you know yeah it's interesting because obviously i guess you know reaganite politics which action movies t- tapped into mm-hmm. doesn't allow for comedy no whereas you know we're getting into the 90s and we're changing over our political persuasion and we're going democratic in the states and perhaps that's where it starts to to seep in some more. I mean, I don't know enough about this, and I'd have to research it. But that all seems to tally together to me. That's really interesting. Oh, I think you're right, 100. percent I I think you are spot on. I think you know, um, Reagan and and especially sort of like the new Christian right mm-hmm. was held great sway over um, Western popular culture, both in America and this country. <clears throat> and it was all about that. It was about the good guys and bad guys. Mm. You know, there was still the Cold War. That's why, mm. despite the Cold War coming to an end, you know, Rocky proves mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> proves mm-hmm. that uh, we can all change in '85, and um, you know, then Arnold takes on you know, becomes a Russian to sort of bridge the gap in in Red Heat and so on and so forth. You have that you need that that mm. that sort of like quite clear cut um, good guys and bad guys. Like you could have people like Martin Riggs be a loose cannon. You know, but he's never an anti-hero. He's never. It's quite clear that he's a cop, and he's you know, they're against drug dealers that are killing yeah. kids. So he's on the edge, but he's dedicated to his job. Exactly, like you know, yeah. John McClane sort of got you know, good guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, it has to be quite clear cut. Um, they wanted that, and I think you're right with the '90s with Clinton coming in. There's a definite sway, and you get, you know, true lies family orientated sort of spy action films. Um and you say you get people like Keanu Reeves doing point break and, and speed and it's a bit more open to these things. And I think mm. that's where Jackie Chan is able to sort of 
weave his way in. And Rumble in the Bronx is is perfect for that. Like mm. Rumble in the Bronx is one of those films that sort of squeezed in that gap. Have you seen it? I have not for a long time. That's got the hovercraft in, in the, yeah, 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 yeah. End, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. brilliant. So yeah, I think it's you're right. I think that the, he came in a little, he tried to get in a decade early. Mm. <laughs> um and uh you're right. I mean, you know, you're again pointing out all those canon films. They some of those are so un- unintentionally brilliantly funny, <laughs> but they are a sort of like, you know, they're trying to be as straight as and as butt clenchingly sort of serious as possible, but they they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting period for Jackie Chan. Um mm. But it'll say this isn't the end. There will be more. Um any final thoughts on on either police story, but also like you know those that, any of the influences you see from this film? You you've watched this and gone, oh, that's uh, that's I've seen that you know since. I'm not. I think other than the ones we mentioned, no. I mean, I think yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because the, you can always spot, you know, where where people have perhaps picked up on stuff, but um, knowing you know, I I got this one picked deliberately as i said from the start because of these two directors and knowing how influenced they are i think it's undeniable isn't it how influenced all action movies have become from from certain individuals you know mm. i then had that influ- influence for a long time but i think anytime you can combine that kind of what we i guess we call now like that kind of parkour physicality is kind of born in this era of jackie chan isn't it of like wanting to see people do this physicality and you know i spoke about cruise as well his whole shtick now is i want to do stuff for real yeah well great and i please keep doing it as long as you can because i love the stuff he's doing i know he's not an unproblematic figure himself but the movies he's making at the moment are some of the best films he's ever done in his whole career so you know looking at maverick and and the recent mission impossibles Mm. like keep going please but jackie chan was doing it 40 years ago as well yeah, yeah, I think the thing you said there about that one thing is is this sort of the, the tactile nature, the reality of it, like the fact, like you know, you and I both agree, like yeah, you show me that massive stunt six times, you've earned it, like I just you yes, deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also the fact that like it holds long shots, you mm. know, that there's like it's not edited to within an inch of its life, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like one punch, stop, punch here, kick here, like you know, it's it's. This is holding a shot of him climbing up the wall of doing something. Like you are seeing Jackie Chan do this stunt. And, you know, yes, you are seeing the take where it worked, but you kind of know there was mm-hmm. probably six where it went a bit pear shaped or didn't quite work out. Yeah. Um and so I like the fact it holds that. Again, the bus the bus um him hanging on to the back of that bus with a with an umbrella and being dragged along the road, and there's a scene that's clearly like between 30 and 40 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And it's just a set thing of him run- running and then eventually sort of ha- ends up pulling himself up. And you're just like, yeah, no, he did that. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't he was on the harness. Or he was holding onto an umbrella or at least something that looks like an umbrella and he pulled himself up. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, that's so impressive. That's his stick. But like, mm. it's, um, it works. So I guess the real sorry, are you saying oh. that again? That makes me think that the real legacy then is, despite all those the you know Edgar Wright and the the Gareth Evanses who are directors who appreciate where where this has come from. I guess the real legacy perhaps is where we now have Chad Stileski, David Leach, these yeah. guys who were stunt performers, just like Jackie Chan was a 
actor and a stunt former who became a director. So they know how to hold a shot. They know to show us Keanu Reeves really doing that. Mm. Show us Keanu Reeves really falling down those stairs in John Wick too. Oh. All that kind of. So perhaps that's the real legacy, isn't it? Where we've come for we've come out of that horrible cycle of, as you said, punch cut because these actors don't actually really know how to do it, and the directors don't really know how to show it. So that's yeah. the only way they can get around it. That's the legacy, isn't it? A hundred percent. I think you are spot on with that. I think, I think that the John Wick films, mm. two, three, and four in particular, um, ha- yeah, have huge um, mm. production influences from these early Jackie Chan films. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, for insurance purposes, I'm sure there's a bit more mm. safety mm-hmm. and harnesses and some other stuff. But yeah, uh, but I also think of of modern action stars. You know. Um, you and I are both fans of sort of Scott Adkins, and mm. um, you know, oh, he's also in uh, John McFour, but some of those sort of films you watch, um, um, accidental accident man films, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, some of the fight scenes and stuff in that, the, um, you know, when 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 Scott Adkins goes and does his sort of slightly more comedic things, um, mm-hmm. or even the, the debt collector films. <clears throat> have mm-hmm. similar things like you know he's clearly influenced by jackie chan in in definitely things. yeah um, i just watched one more shot the other night actually mm. so the the sequel to one shot now obviously conceptually they're supposed to be one continuous take so obviously the camera is held because it has to be but um james nunn is another director actually who i think he knows how to frame an action scene he knows yeah. how to make sure your star is uh, even more so because what I really like in these movies is sometimes you go away from Scott Atkins for 10 minutes because you have to, because this yeah. part of the plot is important here, but Scott Atkins is still doing his stuff over there. And it's almost like you come back and he's been fighting for 10 minutes. It's great. Yeah. And he's sort of pummeling. And he's still <laughs> going. So yeah, Atkins is a great shout. Definitely. And of course, my guy, the Stath as well is another one who, Oh yeah, hundred percent. When he gets the right director and they, they know how to use his physicality properly and capture it on screen properly. Yeah. Again, when when some people aren't taking it too serious, and again, I think like mm. even like the Transporter film, especially Transporter mm-hmm. Two, to me, which is the pinnacle of that franchise, um, is the same. Like you know, they, they he can do the physicality, but there's always that sort of like slight wink to the audience of like, yeah. we know this is silly. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yes, he's covered in oil and he's using bicycle pedals, but do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And you go, yeah, yeah, it is, and I'm all in. Brilliant. Yes, it's funny. It's funny. That I think, yeah. Jack, well, when we get to the end of this, um, we've done, mm. you know, and because we're also, the, we'll shout out that um, we're gonna have some other stars come in, in in later films. I think when we'll look back on this and go, yeah, now this is a turning point for Hollywood, because mm. I think this is where we start seeing like, oh, the big guys laying haymakers are starting to fade out, and we start to see like. You know, even Bruce is is never going to do this stuff. But you look at younger guys coming up in the nineties and stuff, and you're like, oh, they've got to have some martial arts and stuff. And obviously, you know, yeah. culminates in in the Matrix and stuff. But yeah, we're also going to be talking about um, Michelle Yeoh soon enough, mm. who is phenomenal in many many things. Um, and uh, we're also because we will do the side. This film, this series had a, a spin-off series. so we'll be talking about Cynthia Rothrock as well so um <laughs> you know it's all going to be all kinds of 80s um action stars but yes but anyway Jack that's been a fantastic conversation and thank you yeah very much for for starting this police story journey we've got uh 
this retrospective. I like doing the film. Like you said, trying to force. We'll do you know doing a film a time. We'll get them out mm. over time. We'll uh, we'll be back, and eventually you'll have a whole collection, a box set of uh, thoughts on the whole police story. But uh, anything fun? We don't want people to binge us. We want them to you know look forward to the next episode. That's it. Yeah, like a fine wine. Just come back and, and yeah, absolutely. You know, we age well. Not so well, actually. Things hurt, but you know, yeah. better than others. Um, but of course, Jack, for what you're doing, you've talked about, you know, um, obviously all your musings, but also back to the filmography. How's it going? Where can they find you? And uh, what's coming up? What's coming up? Yeah, so actually, it's a double bill for me today. I was recording earlier because I was recording my latest back to filmography episode. So that was on Homefront, and that will be mm. out next. Well, I'm going to say next Monday at time of recording, but it won't be because it'll already be out probably by the time this comes out. So, um, yeah, Homefront is coming out on the 22nd of January. And then we're getting into the next kickoff era. I think we're kind of coming out of what I've been calling the safe states. So we're going to get, we've got the Expendables 3, but then we're going to get Spy and then he enters the Fast and the Furious world. Mm-hmm. So we're getting that next kind of third act, I think, for the states. The career so, steps up a gear sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Spy's good. I think our well, home. I thought Homefront's kind of good as well, actually. But it's um, I'm not gonna spoil it because I think you made a fantastic comment uh, about if it was made ten years ago, this would have been, this could have been somebody else. If it was made now, it would be oh, the other person. Right. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, that's a totally. It's like a spec script for any action star. And I was like, brilliant, exactly it right. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just keep making this film every ten years. Whoever is the current, like, action protege key figure yeah definitely i'd almost pay for that i'd almost want to see that they get they get like a plot and they're just like yeah every decade we're going to get mm. one you know 2000 like 95 2005 2015 2025 <laughs> just different people playing that same part that'd be amazing I'd, I'd kind of sort of want to see that as a an anthology anyway yes people go find this out back to filmography has been fantastic i've been we talked about war and um which was safe safe which was good i enjoyed safe good film and I'm, yeah, I will be coming up in the future again. I've got Wrath of Ma- uh, Wrath of Man coming up, so you know, some point. So, yes, looking forward to that. Um, so do go check out. And obviously, Jack, you're you all man. over um, other uh, Comics in Motion podcasts. You've popped up on those all over the place. So, you know, go find out what was going on there. But uh, yeah, thank you very much, um, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to find us, we're at Twentieth Century Geek all over these social medias. Check out our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash 20 CG media, whole bunch of stuff on there. Uh, Trekking through the Twilight Zone, uh, 30 minute thoughts, bonus features, and stuff, probably for this soon, and also for Stories Out of Time. It's the sister podcast with me and Julian Darius, where we talk about science fiction films. We're currently going through Black Mirror, and um, spoiler alert, kind of, um, the longer it goes on, the more annoyed <laughs> I get with it. So. <laughs> um, that's gonna, that gets interesting beyond season four. Um, But for now, yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. And ladies and gentlemen, we shall see you on the next episode. Mm